0: Okay, here we go. Now put it in reverse. Got it. Now forward. Okay. Reverse. Now turn the wheel. All right. Turn the f- wheel, no! Reverse! Left reverse! Right. Slow the f- out. No, kill it, kill it, kill the f- motor
1: There's a reason they say curse like a sailor. I f- said reverse! Many reasons. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Quote today at progressive.com Progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates.
0: Well, we're f- docked now.
2: Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show. I'm your host Keith Smith. We are brought to you by the Almighty Baller Podcast Network. I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts Connorel and Pete Tolkan. How are you?
3: I'm doing well. Ready to talk about this uh, crazy deadline we had here.
2: And Pete, how are you doing?
3: I'm doing great. Yeah,
2: absolutely Wild crazy. Day, so we're going to jump right it. in, and we're going to start with what everyone is talking about. We're going to start with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they did uh, two big trades today. So let's start off with the first one that broke early in the day, which was Isaiah Thomas, Channing Frye, and the Cavs' own first-round pick to the Los Angeles Lakers for Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr. And we're going to talk it from the Cavs' side first. So getting into it, I... You know, I had an inkling they might trade Isaiah Thomas. Things were going so poorly with Isaiah that I thought they might might move him, but I didn't expect them entirely to do that. Uh, and I certainly didn't expect them to go to the Lakers. And now coming back is Clarkson and Nance. So, Pete, I'm going to start with you. Does this trade, and, and I know we get a factor in what they did, but this trade by itself, does this trade improve the Cavaliers this year?
0: Uh, I think Larry Nance improves him. I don't know how much Clarkson does anything different than what Isaiah Thomas has already done, which is hold the ball, dribble around, and kind of look to score more than, you know, play defense or facilitate for others. Um, Larry Nance being a hustle guy, I think he can help kind of plug in and help any team. So that's a good addition, but um, we'll have to see.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely think it's um... – Yo, know, Clarkson, he I think he's just as good as Isaiah with the way Isaiah has played this year. Uh mm-hmm. he's definitely struggled. I really love what Nance brings to Cleveland as an energy kind of bouncy big. He's probably gonna come off their bench, would be my guess. I think they will will likely uh continue with Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love. When Love is back healthy, that'll be the starting bigs. But Nance will come in, he gives them something that they don't have, which is a guy who can run the floor. Block shots, get up for lobs, and those kind of things. Khan, your thought on the trade for Cleveland?
3: Yeah, well, are we are we only looking at it from the Lakers' perspective, or just um, the whole? No, well, all
2: right. So let's yeah, let's bring in everything else they did because it's not really fair to, I guess, look at it piecemeal like that. So they also acquired Rodney Hood and George Hill today and those two two guys will join clarkson and nance so those are the four new players coming in the guys they said no oh, keep me honest here guys because it's a lot of people uh <laughs> jay crowder uh mon shumpert uh derrick rose and am i missing somebody
3: dwayne wade went that... to miami
2: dwayne wade yeah dwayne wade to to the miami heat so we'll we'll talk about wade to the heat when we get down to the and heat channing fry when I we went get there the and well. fry and Isaiah Thomas, yeah, we touched on them when we talked it. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, most of their rotation, <laughs> minus a few key guys, are out. So, so Khan, your overall thoughts for the for the Cavs, and what I want to start with you with is, go ahead and give your overall thoughts. But, but what do you think will be their starting lineup when, let's assume everybody's back and Love's back healthy and all that?
3: Yeah. So first off, overall, I mean, there's I don't see any way you could. Look at it and think they got worse and they didn't get better because if you just go positionally, I think Larry Nance is an upgrade over Fry. I think Rodney Hood is an upgrade over uh, Crowder. I think George Hill is an upgrade over Isaiah. At least this year's Isaiah. I think Clarkson. Um, I know we were talking about this earlier, but I think Clarkson is a decent player and I think he was on the Lakers without like a clear. Role He probably thought he was the best player he was in, or he was in like a really unstable situation where he knew he was not really wanted by the team and whatever. So I think this, being on a contender, being with LeBron James, um, I think he's really going to step up and and surprise people. I think he's the perfect fit as a six-man scorer on a team. Um, And just overall, they got so much, they got a lot younger, they got a lot better, more athletic, and... The whole change up of the locker room is really going to make everything, because now LeBron's going to look at this like, alright, we got a squad, he was not happy with this team before, and now they are just, I think they're going to be revamped, and I would not be surprised if they just come out uh, guns blazing after the the All-Star break, but um, in terms of starting lineup, first off, in terms of lineups, I just want to say, if you took LeBron James and put the four guys they got today on the court, that is a solid lineup with George Hill Clarkson LeBron Rodney Hood LeBron James and Larry Nance I think that lineup could close some games for them honestly um but I think they'll start with George Hill uh they'll still have Jr. out there uh with LeBron um love and you know I think Tristan's still gonna stay there but I would not be surprised if Larry Nance makes a strong push uh for that starting for that starting spot over Tristan Thompson
2: You know I keep seeing that around people saying that I just I don't see it I don't think he is I don't know that him and Love are a great pairing as a starting group most teams still start a traditional center type and I think Thompson is better to be that guy in there and bang with them but I think it'll be the three of them will be the kind of three-headed big man rotation the rest of the way and you know, for me, it's George Hill. I think he's going to be terrific for this group. I think he's going to be really, really good. He was at his best in Indiana when he was allowed when he played off the playmaking wing, and he's got the best playmaking wing in the world in LeBron James right now. So I think it's now he's going to get down there and give them solid defense, good spot up shooting. They're going to really put the ball in LeBron's hands now and say go create. And then off the bench, now you've got Hood and Clarkson who they're, they can both go get their own offense. And I think that's going to be an interesting pairing. One thing I worry about is I, st- I think they're still a big man short. So I don't know that, you know, Jeff Green is probably their fourth big right now, and I don't know that that really cuts it. So I think you got to figure that that part of it out. But they've got two open roster spots after all of today's moves. And I know Kendrick Perkins is rumored to be coming back, but that's not the answer. We, we know that one. That's just a, you know, glower at guys and help out in the locker room and be the policeman i I do you know and i think they're a little heavy on the wing i think you know you've got clarkson hood james jr smith green and chetty osman and that's that's a lot of guys so you know chetty's probably going to get 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 squeezed out of some pt there green will be really that fourth big until they get somebody else and then clarkson hood lebron jr smith that, it, it's always good to have a lot of guys but you can't play 10 12 guys a night so it'll be interesting to see how that ultimately breaks down now it was it was funny as I was updating the salary sheets and for those of you who follow me for that those are coming soon um, I'm almost done. I had to break to finish the to do the podcast here and then I'll finish later tonight but one of the things is they are capped out next season even if LeBron James leaves they already have over 102 million in committed salaries on the book which is you know that's a gamble so that's exactly what this was was a gamble and they opened up the cap space for the lakers to potentially go that direction so pete i'm gonna go to you we'll, we'll close it out with the Cavs. i want to close close out so pete you go then con does this deal today make it more or less likely that lebron james stays in cleveland next season
0: i would say more likely You want me to elaborate on it? Yeah, please. Sorry. Um, More likely, um, because I think you look at, um, you know, Roddy Hood is an upgrade. You've still got Tristan Thompson, who he helped get that contract um, for. You've got Kevin Love, who you could still move in the offseason if you wanted to for something uh, different, um, you know, if GM LeBron kind of comes into play. Um, So you get a little bit younger. So there are some pieces. And then if you kind of look at the other teams around the league um, that he's kind of rumored, I don't think the Golden State rumors were just thrown out there. I don't think they're legitimate, um, honestly. Um, Then you're looking at like Houston, you know, he's going to have to buy for touches with with James Harden, you know, and some other guys there, Chris Paul, things like that. Um, So I don't really see a, a clear cut option of like, oh yeah, LeBron's going to leave Cleveland for such and such destination. I don't think the Lakers are a
3: realistic de- destination right now. Well, I think, I mean, I think it makes it more likely, one, I just don't think LeBron James wants to be on a team where the owner is Dan Gilbert anymore. So I think if you take LeBron out of the equation, all of these moves were very solid I mean if you add like I said bring, add those four guys onto the court and then add the Brooklyn pick whoever they get I mean that could be any anyone from the top like three four pick to. Eight, nine, but there are a lot of wings in this draft, um, and there there are some quality big men, and either either position can really fit really well. And then Rodney Hood, he'll become a, like he's gonna get into his prime. Jordan Clarkson, I, again, I I said I'm fairly high, higher than most at least, and then Larry Nance is a quality piece, I think jetty is going to be quality for them and i think this move whether or not lebron james stays puts them in a much better situation than they would have been if they kept the other players because everyone else was so much older and they would have just been like okay well what the hell are we going to do now what the hell are we going to do now um with lebron james gone and everyone over 30 um this was just an all like a masterclass really from uh Kobe Altman here. I, I I actually one thing I want to say is if you swapped the um first round pick that went to the Lakers with sending that to the Jazz, I think all the trades make sense from like from what, uh from how I view things because I thought um the first round pick was maybe a bit much to give up to the Lakers for what they got and then I thought maybe Rodney Hood deserved a first round coming back for Utah but in the end if you look at the whole package it was great for Cleveland
2: yeah I think in in on the Cleveland side that, that absolutely makes sense what you said if you look at them just in a vacuum what they sent out versus what they brought in everything you know definitely fair return for everything they sent out I think this makes it more likely that LeBron leaves simply because the Lakers opened up enough cap space now to have two max slots this summer. And that's what he wants, right? He, he basically, it's been out there that he's not going to consider it if it can't be him and somebody else. And now it can be. So let's flip it over to the Lakers side of this trade. And then I promise we'll get to the Kings and the jazz, but we'll get to them down the line as we get there. So the Lakers side of this, Jordan Clarkson, and Larry Nance go out. They bring in Isaiah Thomas and Channing Frye and a first round pick. So, you know, I think, Con, what you were leading to is that's great work to get that first-round pick almost as a throwaway. It's almost like a why. Why did Cleveland do that? And for me, that, that makes it a, a definite win for the Lakers. They cleared off. And space. They are they really now renounce all the free agents and then stretch Luol Deng, and they're there. They're where they need to be to have those two max slots. And that's still keeping guys like Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, and Lonzo Ball around on the roster as well as a uh, Visa Zubac and co- a couple of those more fringy guys there so that'll be interesting to see where that ultimately goes. I know they had said the other day they might be pivoting towards 2019. I think that changed in a big way with this trade cuz I think they'll go after it. So so con if if you were the Lakers and you're going after two two big guys, who are the two big free agents you would target? Let's assume Let's assume they, they want to come there and all that.
3: Well, yeah, first, before I answer that, I want to say why did they get a first-rounder? Because, we. I mean, I know we disagree here, but because I think Larry Nance is a positive asset, and so is, I mean, sorry, Jordan Clarkson is a positive asset, and Larry Nance, obviously, is as well. And then with Channing Frye just being salary relief and IT, at this point, I feel like for the Lakers he's just salary relief as well for next year for their goals um but they can obviously re-sign him and he's been really bad in this year and his attitude and all that so i think that since it was two positive assets from the view of both teams i think that's why the first round had to be in there and the lakers wouldn't do it but this podcast is brought to you by adt
4: when it comes to something as important as your family safety you need real protection with adt what does real protection mean for you Well, real protection means you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You'll get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you, including 18,000 employees safeguarding you and your family, along with a connection to first responders. Your secure smart home includes everything from video doorbells and indoor and outdoor cameras to smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT Go app or the sound of your voice. You can also get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Everything is custom designed to fit your home, all from the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can even get safety on the go in the car or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Ready to learn more? Visit ADT.com podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.
2: Yeah, but, but so ahead. so we're going to obviously agree to disagree. Yeah. Pete and I are on the yeah, same yeah. page on Jordan Clark. So are a lot we of people. So it's <laughs> yeah, I think he's more just of a good stats, bad team guy. But we're going to find out for sure now, right? Because yeah. now he's going to play the first meaningful basketball of his career. So that'll be you know good to see what he can do and what he really is. I think Nance was the – I thought Nance was the payment to to move Clarkson but you know I had a lot of Lakers people tell me that they believed they could get a first for him and they did you know so so good work on them and you know good belief to to kind of say with Isaiah Thomas too he's obviously not healthy it's it's you know plainness he has no explosion he has no quickness can't get by anybody and that's a you know huge problem when you're five foot nine if you don't have the explosion that he usually plays with you're just not going to get anything done so that you know and it's it's heartbreaking for me as everybody knows who listens to this he's my daughter's favorite player in the world and it just you know it kills me that the guy's not healthy but it's interesting that the lakers said that they're not going to buy him out they want to keep him they want to keep uh fry they want to keep brooke lopez i I don't know you know to me i would just you know move those guys on maybe keep one of them but, I, you know, once Lonzo's back, what do you need Lonzo and Tyler Ennis and Alex Caruso and Isaiah Thomas for? It doesn't make a lot of sense. So I would just move him and let him go. But, all right, let's get into the question I asked now. If you're the Lakers, mm-hmm. what two max free agents are you going after? It's,
3: it's LeBron and Paul George. I mean, you you need you need the wings. You need the defensive guys. And, I mean, yeah, you could go for Boogie, but he his Achilles just.
2: Would it be different if he was healthy?
3: It would not have been. Wasn't it her. wouldn't be different in terms of who I would pick top two, but I think that go going with Bo- you can't go wrong with either Boogie or Paul or Paul George, um, because Boogie's just that special of a talent, and I think with LeBron, um, he can. I mean, we saw what he did with the Pelicans this year. I think with LeBron and all the other pieces around, he can actually be serious and play really well. But I I still think it's Paul George and LeBron just because of the versatility. Um, LeBron at the five, Paul George at the four, uh, with Ingram at the three, like that just all wing lineup um, would be awesome (laughs) to to watch. And it's a possibility, so we'll see. What about you,
0: Pete? I mean, obviously the top two, just like Khan said, would be Paul George and and LeBron, if you happen to run into a scenario where Paul George um, ends up back in Oklahoma City, um, I would say LeBron. If you can definitely get LeBron on board, why not go for a defensive guy that can rebound in DeAndre Jordan? I know that would be technically an overpay in some people's eyes, um, you know, kind of maxing DeAndre Jordan out. But he would kind of, you know, be there to anchor the defense and and grab boards. He doesn't have to worry about scoring.
2: But, you know, if they, if they did it for, like, two years, it's not the end of the world, right? Right. That's right. going to be the key thing with him. What? So, so, I'm with you guys. I think it's LeBron and Paul George. I don't – I think Boogie's out of the mix. But what's mm-hmm. important to note here is this doesn't have to be just used as a signing, right? Because now you have a second max spot. What if they wanted to throw a package to New Orleans for Anthony Davis? I know the Celtics fans that listen to this that you know, follow me over at Celtics <laughs> Blogger, they're panicked now and didn't want to hear that. But why not, right? They can put together a package. Boston can probably still top it with the picks and a couple of the young guys that they have, but but it'd be really close. What about Marcus All? You've got enough space to go get him if you wanted to get a big um, on the market that way. What if you got LeBron and then threw a max offer sheet at Nikola Jokic just to force the Nuggets to match it? then pay him what, you know, the full full boat. what
3: about Chris Paul like i feel like yeah chris, chris paul is yeah, free agent yep. like he yeah he's yep. playing really well in houston but with lebron yep. w- in la maybe he wants to go back to la i don't know um but i feel like that's yeah, not yeah
2: and then you could turn and flip lonzo in another and that game wouldn't game even have to be that wouldn't even have to be
3: a long term commitment cuz you could cuz you yep. could give chris paul maybe like a 2 year max and i know lebron's probably just going to go 1 year and player option till the end of his career um i don't know maybe that's yeah. not true but um
2: uh yeah he might do two and then a player yeah Yeah, because i don't think he wants to
3: limit himself to a team for five years either and he's going to get a max till he retires so i mean you could see i could definitely see a scenario where lebron's like hey chris like let's go (laughs) you know and
2: yeah he absolutely can um you know i I guess the big takeaway is they're now positioned to do basically whatever they want in the lakers with one max cap slot is scary enough. The Lakers with two is basically they're gonna do stuff, and you know even if it's to only sign big contracts for one year and then keep that powder dry for next year, if they prefer the free agents in the twenty nineteen class, they're gonna be in the mix for whoever they want now going forward for at least the next year or in two years, and that's that's really scary for the rest of the NBA because the Lakers with this kind of flexibility to do things are are tough so any other thoughts on the lakers before we close this out and move over to the rest of the league
3: um, I, I quickly wanted to say uh on our last pot i mentioned how um it, it wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world to just keep it together and move forward and then like that night or the next day it got leaked or there were reports of hey they're actually going for 2019 and i thought that was actually a pretty smart idea but with this trade a lot of things are really possible so i think they they can just do anything and signing one year deals with lebron stuff that opens up so many other uh players like that are going to come in the future but yeah. yeah
0: pete any last thoughts on the lakers uh i'm just glad that the kind of the rumors of brook lopez kind of being a buyout candidate kind of got squashed today it looks like they're going to keep him through the rest of the year at least what they said um today and um hopefully that's true because i think that um, you know, he can, he can help them a little bit more um, through this year, just being obviously a veteran in the locker room. And, and he does do things on the floor. So all around, I think it's a, a good move. But, um, you know, we're looking to the summer for big things from the, from the Lakers. So they can just weather the storm the rest of the year and get Lonzo healthy soon enough.
2: Yeah, and that's that's definitely a key. And I think Isaiah Thomas gives you know, the fans something to watch and cheer for for the rest of this season. Not that I mean, they've got so many good young guys that they're already invested in watching this team anyway, but I think he'll help. All right, so we are the NBA Front Off Show. We are brought to you by the Almighty Baller Podcast Network. We're going to take a quick break, and then we will get right back to it. And welcome back to the show. We are the NBA Front Office Show, part of the Almighty Baller Podcast Network. For those of you watching live, you get a little peek behind the curtain there—how we put those ads in the middle of the show, or how Con works his magic. I don't know how he does it. I don't know. That's up to him. Um, <laughs> that's why we have a producer. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it isn't. Um, but when you're as dumb as I am, everything seems hard. All right, guys, what I want to do now, we're going to do this kind of kind of quickly, um, but we're going to just go team by team and talk about everybody who did something over the course of the last couple of days, or really the last week since we recorded last. Con and I recorded Sunday morning, and there's been a handful of deals since then. So let's start it. We're just going to go alphabetical by city so that way we don't miss anybody. So let's start with the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks traded Luke Babbitt. And in the trade they, they acquired O'Cara White, who they then waived, and then they acquired Sheldon Mack for a, I believe, a heavily protected second round pick that'll never convey. That was a deal just designed to give Washington a little bit of tax relief. So for the Hawks, basically A2 contracts, and you traded away Babbitt and you got you know a little something in return for it. I think this is the smart kind of move for them. I thought they might move Marco Bellinelli. It seemed like all for the last week they would after they benched him. So, Con, I'll go to you first. Were you surprised Bellinelli did not get traded? I
3: was very – I mean, I thought that was one of the more obvious moves that was going to happen um, in the deadline and goes to show that you don't always know what's going to happen um, when teams actually sit <laughs> yeah. down sit down, and start negotiating. Um, but – you know, yeah, I actually would. I'm very curious to see to hear why. I mean, I guess we we won't find out, but I, I'm I'm. It's hard to think that some team wouldn't throw a second rounder at least um, for Marco Bellinelli's yeah. expiring deal.
2: That's where I was by the end of the the deadline. I was like, well, somebody's at least gonna throw him a second and get you know, something's better than nothing. I know Ursan had kind of put out there that he was not going to waive his no-trade clause. He's, I think he's, you know, after playing for half the league in the last three seasons, I think he's done moving, and he wants to just stay
0: where he is. So, Pete, were you surprised Bellinelli didn't go? Absolutely, I was surprised because I had a 99% and he was going get, to get moved, and, and I was I was hoping that um, my Sixers could kind of swoop in. I know they were rumored to to kind of be talking to him, swoop in and, and give up, you know, maybe – you know, even a two-second rounders and, and get Bellinelli back, but just didn't work out.
2: Yeah, yeah, that one's weird to me. I, you know, I I said it. I not you guys know I've been saying it for the last week. Luke Babbitt was on the market. Someone was gonna pick him up. People don't realize how good of a shooter Luke Babbitt is. He's going to really help the Heat. As a guy down there, he knows their system already. He's been there for a couple years prior, so he'll slide right back in and be be a solid um, pickup for the Heat. All right, the Boston Celtics, they did not do any trades. So first question, Pete, will go to you. Are you surprised they did not do a trade at the deadline?
0: I'm just surprised that they didn't get Tyreek Evans, but I don't think that they realistically offered enough to entice Memphis. Um, overall, I think it was Yabusele and like a second rounder or something was rumored to be thrown out there, um, but I was surprised that Evans didn't end up. You know, they got some kind of scoring to help solidify their bench. Con,
2: what about you? Did you expect them to come away with Evans today?
3: Um, not really. I, I expected a quiet deadline for for Boston. More, in that. I guess the buyout market was where I thought they would go, but they already got Greg Monroe. Um, so we'll see what that what else uh, they they have. Um, I'm sure Danny Ainge isn't done making moves, but they're happy with where they are.
2: Yeah, I you know, I, I really thought they were going to get Evans, but Memphis would not move off the demand of a first-round pick. And now it sounds like Memphis is open to trying to work something with Tyreek long-term, whether that be using their you know uh, non-taxpayer mid-level this summer or whatever it is. That sounds like where they want to go because I don't think the Grizzlies intend for this to be a down period for very long. I think they want to bounce right back. But uh, Boston, Greg Monroe did sign today. He will be active for tonight's game against the Washington Wizards and is likely to make his Celtics debut. He's going to be a massive help to Boston. They need someone who can rebound like Monroe can. He's already, without even playing a game, he's the best rebounder on the roster and it's not even close. And he'll give them some bench scoring from the 4-5. and five. All right, let's move on to the Brooklyn Nets. They traded the other day. They traded uh, Tyler Zeller to the Milwaukee Bucks for Rashad Vaughn. Vaughn played, I believe, six minutes last night. He's now the Rashid Wallace of this deadline and was instantly sent to the New Orleans Pelicans for Dante Cunningham. This, for me, is a meh kind of move, whatever. It's, you know, Brooklyn takes on a little extra money. They get a look at Cunningham. They've got some injuries up front. So I think they're trying to work through that a little bit. And then um, we'll go on that do do either one of you have anything to add on this one or can we just move on
3: no a lot of fringe right, moves today
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely always is at the deadline you know and there was a deadline once where i remember way back in the day where it was like Milk palacio was like the only guy traded and i was like the only thing that happened that. <laughs> um and i'm showing my age there uh, all right, let's move on. Charlotte Hornets, they worked a deal a couple of days ago with the New York Knicks to bring in Willie Hernan Gomez for Johnny O'Brien and a couple second-round picks. Kind of just taking a flyer on Hernan Gomez for, for Charlotte. The cost was right, though. I think this is a is a good move. And if they can move off either Cody Zeller or Dwight Howard or what whatever they end up doing going forward, I think Hernan Gomez slides in this year, though. I don't know how much he's going to play. Um, I think maybe a little while Marvin Williams is out if they play Zeller more as a four. Um, but, Pete, any thoughts quickly on Hernan Gomez to the Hornets?
0: I think he's a good long-term asset. Like you said, you know, uh, he has the ability to rebound and he, and he can score. It's just, like you said, they're going to have to move off of either Howard or Zeller. And I could see them trying to shed a bunch of salary this offseason. But just nothing was out there that was realistically enticing for them to do anything um, you know, right now, especially with Kimba Walker, no, no star moves or anything.
3: Yeah, con anything. Um, I was surprised that um, that it was two seconds. I mean, I know Hernan Gomez is good, and I know Charlotte has a lot of centers, but I felt like two seconds could be used in kind of other more salary dump type moves for the Hornets. Um, so th- that's the only thing that kind of shocked me. But I think long term Hernan Gomez is a better answer than some of the guys they have it's just for two years they have all those other guys so we'll see what happens
2: yeah those salary dumps weren't there at this yeah. deadline but definitely this summer but now they don't they have the two they could have done that exactly exactly and i think i think they the one thing for the knicks is and we'll touch on them a little later because they did another trade today but they got back to two seconds they gave up to get her non so because they gave every second they had for like four years or five years in a row to to pete 76ers so uh with that one all right con you're going to be the only one who's going to to chime in on this one because it's your team the chicago bulls picked up jameer nelson for uh willie reed um and uh or i'm sorry the other way around they traded uh, Jameer Nelson to get Willie Reed, who was then waived, and then they picked up Noah Vonley as the Portland Trail Blazers dumped him to avoid the luxury tax. What's your thoughts on Vonley to the Bulls? Matt,
3: I've actually been saying the the Bulls should take a flyer on Vonley for a while now, actually, since the beginning of the season, so I was really happy that they picked him up. He's still only 22 years old. I think he could definitely be a long-term fit for a backup big-type role, and, I mean, he's he's shown flashes of range before. He's pretty athletic so i'm really excited that uh, they got him just to see what he's made of in this kind of young uh developing team
2: yeah they come like a hell of a lot more than cristiano felicio who's making 32 million dollars so i i is, think uh, i think he'll it. he'll earn
3: some of that at the time at the uh the later years of the contract but that's another story
2: Oh okay. <laughs> yeah sure uh, we'll talk about that in the offseason preview. I'm filing that one away for sure. <laughs> um all right. I said uh, so. Let's of move on. Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas Mavericks, they made. they were part of a three way trade with the Denver Nuggets and New York Knicks. The Mavericks acquired Doug McDermott. The Knicks acquired uh, Emmanuel Moutier and the Nuggets got Devin Harris in the trade. There were some swapping of second round picks that went on in that as well. So um, I'll take this one, uh, McDermott, to the to the Mavs. I, I like it. I think it's a you know, good try them all for the rest of the season, see what it looks like. He was uh, high school teammates, good friends with Harrison Barnes. So I think that's uh, reuniting those two is really uh, going to be something to watch for here as we go. So it'll be really, uh, you know, cool to see what they end up doing uh the rest of the way with mcdermott i think you know rick carlisle if anybody can unlock what he is it'll be him i'll also throw this out there i don't be surprised if they end up buying out nirlins noel and freeing him up i just don't know that he's part of anything they're gonna try to do a lot of people thought he'd get moved at the deadline he did not and i would not surprise me at all if they buy him out uh, and let him go pick his destination which could maybe be cleveland they're you know if they're looking for another big and the, you know unless they're you know fully set with Kendrick Perkins' return to the NBA. All right, Denver Nuggets, Khan. I'm gonna go to you. They got Devin Harris, veteran backup point guard, something they've not had all season long. Gave up Moutier. What's your thoughts on the point guard swap in Denver?
3: Um, I think they Devin Harris in a second. I feel like was selling low on Moutier. Um, even though maybe he hasn't played as well as they thought. I still think that a young point guard like him with the potential that he was touted to have maybe could have pulled more um and that also, also they are kind of they need a backup point uh and Devin I, I just don't know I, I would have kept Moody. I wasn't a huge fan of this we'll see how Devin Harris plays with them um but I think selling low on Moody this early wasn't necessary but it seemed it seemed like they thought it was so I'm, I'm just curious what they were thinking
2: yeah, I guess for me it was they—they they just wanted that veteran. They wanted somebody with a little bit of size. Harris has played a lot of uh, um, a lot of the three for Dallas this year, and a lot of the their wacky point guard heavy lineups. He does a lot of that, so so I like it. Pete, any quick thoughts on Harris to Denver?
0: Um, I like it from a veteran standpoint, but I just a little bit worried if Harris, you know, because he's injury prone, um, then. What do they have, kind of there to to back up Murray, other than um, uh, Monte? Isn't it Monte Morris out of yep. the out of the G League on the two-way? Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I mean, know.
2: what what did they have before? Moody stinks. So, yeah, but um, at least you
0: know. I mean he's got NBA experience. I'm I'm a little bit optimistic on on Moody going to New York. Maybe yeah, so then, go then go somehow. right into
2: that. What do you think about Moody and would the Knicks?
0: I think right now he's already better than what. Uh, Nilekina can bring now Nilakina, of course off, off um, defensively is better than Moudier, but I think offensively Moudier's ahead of uh, Nilakina. now you've also got Trey Burke there but I, I think it's a collection of career backups on the um, on the Knicks so I don't know this is this is Moutier's chance to basically shine you know all the way through and, and get basically a, a second chance the Knicks wanted him in the draft um, so we'll see. I mean, that kind of lets Nilakina play a little bit of the off-guard spot um, coming off the bench as well. It's what he did in France, so we'll see. All right, Con, your eyebrows make your hairline. <laughs> Go ahead. Rizal, well, man. I
3: feel maybe I'm higher than on Tilakina than you are, Pete, um, mm-hmm. because I think he's definitely more than a career uh, backup. I, I think he has... I, th- I think he's worth where he was picked and I was saying that since he was picked and while people were saying that maybe they should have taken Dennis Smith Jr. I don't know I think um, it's him and Moutier I think they, they're they both long uh, for the point guard position so they can both play the off guard so I think both of them Like I wouldn't be surprised if they end up both starting next year um, with Hardaway Jr. at the three uh, I think that's an interesting lineup and it's another kind of a cheap flyer on a young talent with high upside and uh yeah Doug McDermott was helping them but I don't know if he's part of their future so it wasn't that big of an ask and I I mean I would do McDermott for Moutier um if I were them and let's see how it turns out
2: yeah so so my thoughts on this one is Moutier is he's not good right now which is why Denver didn't need him Denver needed someone who could give them quality minutes because they were going all too often without any kind of backup point guard they were either you know sticking Will Barton in there or Gary Harris and I know Jokic does so much of the ball handling but that's almost too much couple quick things on Moody with the Knicks I like it from when you're a bad team you should just acquire as much talent as possible and just pile it up and then sort it out later I also like it because Jeff Hornacek had really good luck using two point guards in Phoenix when he ran out Bledsoe and Dragic. Now, I'm not saying Moody and Nilikina are Bledsoe and Dragic, but I think it's to the point where try some stuff the rest of this year. Porzingis is out. This year's just a throwaway now. Just run those two guys out there together and I think they could really, you know, surprise maybe at times. And and if you can get Moody motivated defensively, you could really be onto something with those two guys the way, you know, with their length the way they defend. All right, that's enough on the Knicks. Let's move on. Detroit Pistons. So they acquired Jameer Nelson early today from the Chicago Bulls, and then they also acquired James Ennis as they continue rebuilding. I like both moves for the Pistons. I think they were both great pickups. They got Nelson basically for free because Willie Reed did nothing for them. It wasn't going to do anything for them. And then they got Ennis for Bryce Johnson, who was going to do even less than Willie Reed was going to do. So I think that's two quality NBA veterans who now will slot in. I will not be surprised if uh, James Ennis is starting for them at the three. Uh, Once he's comfortable in the system, I think he would make a lot of sense as their three man or, you know, they, they can use their 2-3 interchangeably, so maybe at the 2 with Stanley Johnson, but it would, wouldn't shock me to see him pick up the starting role. As well as I think it would be Nelson immediately becomes the best backup point guard on the roster while Reggie Jackson is out, so now they've got the depth they need. Con thoughts on the Pistons moves today?
3: Um, I think they, they nailed it, really, because they giving up Tobias and Avery Bradley it was all about how they didn't have the wing depth. Um, and getting a quality rotation wing piece. I, I would say Stanley and Ennis probably end up starting um, together, like or maybe closing if they don't start, but I think that's going to be their better lineup. Um, and, yeah, adding a wing to this uh, rotation that got two of their starting wings traded with Blake Griffin, it's, it's looking like the Pistons are pulling off some nice moves to, I mean, win now, yeah, but you know, they they're a solid team and they've been playing really well since Blake got there. So I'm I'm really interested to see how they perform um in the playoffs actually.
2: Pete, are you nervous? They're right behind your sixers. Um,
0: I I'm gonna be completely honest, and you know, I've I've said to to many other people that, that I've talked to, I don't see my Sixers think they're a year away. I think the the Pistons are gonna leapfrog them. Um, unless something drastic happens, like Washington falls down the standings. I just don't see how Philadelphia is going to make it in. I think they fall short at the ninth seed. It's just too much inconsistency.
2: All right. All right, we'll go down the list then uh, as my computer freezes up. All right, so Golden State did nothing. Houston did nothing. Indiana did nothing. Clippers already did their big move. Those teams all kind of stood pat. The Clippers, they were rumored to be doing some stuff but didn't end up doing anything. And those other three, I think they're – they're pretty, I mean Golden State and Houston, they weren't going to do anything anyway, unless it was shed a player to open up a spot. And then Indiana, they they were interested in maybe selling some of their cap space to take on a bad contract, but that you know obviously did not happen either. So let's go into it with the Memphis Grizzlies. So we just talked about them trading James Ennis. That one, fine. Bryce Johnson, that's a flyer. You got to pick. That's good. Uh Pete, I'll start with you. Did they blow it by not trading Tyreek Evans?
0: I'm worried because they're, they're kind of putting a market value on Evans. I know the market's going to be slim, but I, I think kind of where they feel that they can the, – the money they feel they can get him at, I think they might be a little bit out – be surprised and outpriced um, come free agency because Tyreek Evans can score, and a lot of um, you know mediocre teams could really use him um, as a scorer, maybe even as a starter. Um, I just think it's going to come back and bite Memphis in, in the butt a little bit um, that they didn't try to at least get, you know, even with Philly, they could have got like a king, you know, the, the um, King second rounder that they're owed, um, you know, out of that. Because that would have been a high second rounder, something, um, you know, to kind of salvage that. Because then you're lef- left with a recovering Conley, Marcus All, who's aging. Um, you know, Dylan Brooks is a good, you know, decent prospect for them. And that's really what you have as an enticing, you know, kind of core there.
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was on the radio today in Memphis at about two thirty, so about a half hour before the deadline, and they were just flabbergasted that they had not moved Evans, and that they were insisting on a first round pick. Con, do you think he gets more than the mid level, or do you, or the full mid level exception this this summer?
3: Um, I think maybe. <laughs> No, I don't think he gets more than that. I think if he does, it's like a two-year deal max type thing um, because I just don't see him replicating this this play uh, another year um, and with the cap environment being really kind of short this year. And I just wanted to mention, uh, I saw Zach Lowe tweet out that they were offered uh, by, Memphis, uh, by the Nuggets um, Moutier in a second or two seconds. Uh, and if that's true, which I mean, I'm sure Zach Lowe isn't just going to put stuff out there that isn't true, um, but I I think they, they messed up not taking that, because I think Moutier, even though they might not be too high on him, if they were to flip Mike Conley or try to look for a Mike Conley trade, that allows them to have a nice young point guard to kind of shake it up with um, and, and rebuild, and if that was on the table, I think that's more than enough for uh, Tyreek because a first obviously wasn't because they would have pulled that.
2: Yeah, they definitely should have done a move to to get him. It's just there's no guarantee he's going to stay. There's no guarantee he's going to stay healthy if he does stay and no guarantee that he's going to be as good as he was. And Tyreek on the Nuggets
3: would have been awesome. All right.
2: <laughs> yeah, he would have been. Yeah, he would have been that backup guard You know that they could have had instead of uh, – Devin Harris so yeah definitely you know maybe a missed opportunity there on both sides all right the Miami Heat they brought Dwayne Wade home as well as I guess they brought Luke Babbitt home too um I I think one of those homecomings is more celebrated and anticipated than the other I like Wade coming back they have so many injuries on the wings that it's good it's just it's a feel-good story too for a team that's they're they're there's times when it looks like they might be the fighting for home court advantage and their there's times when it looks like they might not even make the playoffs uh babbitt i think will help up front they had to wave O'Cara white or they traded away O'Cara white who then got waived they liked white he was okay for them and then they waived aj hammonds to to fill to create the other roster spot to bring in wade hammonds is you know he wasn't going to do anything for Miami, just taking up some some space. To save a little bit of money next year by waiving Hammonds as well, or not. wait they don't save; they're going to eat a cap hit next season. But you know it's not not the end of the world. It's only about one point five million. So Pete Wade, is this going to make a big difference for Miami?
0: Um, I think it helps them from a veteran standpoint, puts fans in the seat. But as far as on the court play, I don't know how much. Wade has in him night in, night out to really, really propel the, the Heat, you know, any further up the standings. Right now they just have to hope that their, you know, recent slide doesn't keep, you know, that they don't keep sliding um, down the standings. I think they'll be okay. They'll make the playoffs. But it's more so, you know, about nostalgia and, um, you know, getting longtime, you know, uh, Heat fans excited again, you know, that Wade's returned. Con, you get anything to add to that?
3: No, I do I do think O'Kara White would be a nice uh buyout candidate for a team. I mean I know he's hurt, um, but I think he can add depth to a team and I'm curious who's gonna pick him up because I think he will get picked up.
2: Yeah, I think he might be a ten day guy. Maybe when yeah. he's healthy. Yeah. The team might give him a ten day or two and see see what he can do and then go from there with him and then Hammonds, he's probably just gonna go back to the to the G League. Wouldn't be surprising if he stays right with Sioux Falls. In the G League, and then the Heat continue to to still work with them through that avenue. All right, the Milwaukee Bucks, they they traded out Rashad Vaughn, as we mentioned earlier, and picked up Tyler Zeller. I'll take this one because since I think I probably know Zeller's game the best. Zeller's the kind of guy you exactly want as a third string center. He's constantly, he's always well prepared. He plays hard. He knows what he's supposed to be doing, and he goes out there and executes. He's not great. But he can rebound a little bit, give you a little bit of defense, and can score okay, especially in the pick and roll if you're playing playing him with a quality passer. So that's what he'll give Milwaukee for the cost of a guy that wasn't in part of their plans anymore in Rashad Vaughn, that's fine. The Minnesota Timberwolves, they did not do anything. They're rumored to be to be signing Derrick Rose on the bio market. I that just boggles <laughs> my mind. I don't understand. <laughs> you, you and know, me both I, yeah i think all three of us right they should bring in noah too they should bring in noah they should Uh, trade for dang
3: bring back bogans (laughs) just reassemble the (laughs) bowls yeah
2: here we go but ben gordon Perk heinrich aren't doing anything so bring them in too um all right, the New Orleans Pelicans, They their move was to trade away Dante Cunningham, and then they got Rashad Vaughn. I actually think, as much as Vaughn hasn't shown much, I think he might be able to help the Pelicans a little bit. And most importantly, this cleared some space for them under the hard cap as they are going to continue to push for buyout candidates the rest of this year. They'll be in the mix for somebody I continue to believe they're most likely to go after a true center. It may be Willie Reed, who shook loose, could be someone for New Orleans. All right, the Orlando Magic. They gave up on Alfred Payton, and that is there's no other way to put it than they gave up on Alfred Payton. They gave him away for a second-round pick. A lot of people went crazy. They, they, they just drafted him with the 10th pick overall and had to make a trade to get him and blah, 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 blah. That was not this front office. This front office did not do that move. They obviously were not sold on Peyton being part of the future in Orlando, so it was time for
0: them to move on from him.
2: Pete, were you surprised they couldn't get more for
0: Peyton? Yeah, I just a second rounder, I was like, what? Like, I just couldn't believe that they sold that kind of low on him. But then again, I don't know, like you said, that this front office was even sold that, you know, at all on on Alfred Peyton. Even if he would have come back cheaply, Um, you know, back, you know, in the summer, once he becomes a free agent, I still don't think they would have done it. This gives the magic, you know, a clear cut look at, you know, free agency for point guards or, you know, of course the draft, like you've got Trey Young there, Colin Sexton, you know, different guys that, you know, could potentially come in and, and be their pick.
2: Yeah, no, they definitely will be looking at a point guard, ideally someone who like a Trey Young, who can really score the ball and maybe maybe put on a show a little bit too and get some excitement. Because right now, I tell you, I live here in Orlando. If you guys didn't know that, they no one cares at all about anything to do with this team con any thoughts on peyton being given away by the magic
3: it's just obvious that they really didn't want to sign him and if they he wasn't going to be on the team next year anyway then might as well get a second round pick um it did look like selling low i think it's great for phoenix i not that it's gonna help them a lot i just think a second rounder is definitely worth a shot Um, at Alfred Payton and we'll see I think he can still be a quality backup point guard I don't think he's going to be a starter Um, but uh, yeah it's I I like it for Phoenix and for Orlando it's just like whatever (laughs) they they didn't want they didn't want to Payton so let's just take a second rounder I I, kind of agree with uh, your take on how Magic fans feel um, on the Magic a little bit (laughs) Yeah, no,
2: I mean, that's exactly what it is. People have gone from being angry to not caring, which is worse than being angry. Um, Pete, we'll come back to Philly, I promise. But I want to go to Phoenix since we're talking the trade. I think Peyton's going to be okay for them. I think Devin Booker covers for a lot of his flaws. He covers for a lot of Booker's flaws. I think if Phoenix is committed to playing an up-tempo style, Peyton can really thrive in that getting up and down the floor. He should do well with... Chris and Bender and uh, T J Warren as his running mates up front. I think you know we're gonna start to see them really fully transition into their youth movement now and go with the young guys as long as they're all healthy. So I really like uh, their them getting a look at Peyton. I I, I want to see what they do with them this summer. But restricted free agents, the the expectation is they're all gonna get squeezed uh this summer and not get paid a ton so they might be in pretty good position to do that con quick thoughts on Peyton Afina yeah
3: I mean I just kind of said it I think he'll fit in nice I mean they have a lot of young players and see which one sticks at this point um and second rounder is worth it well well, whose second round pick was it because I doubt they gave their own uh was it the Miami did they have a Miami second rounder
2: no it's a really messy one it's like the best of Oh, okay. Okay. Never mind. Josh Robbins tweeted it if you if you want to look he Josh Robbins tweeted the exact details okay. on his time. Because I was
3: gonna career. say like the Phoenix second might not even be worth uh, Alfred Payton.
0: It's it's the second most favorable of the Grizzlies, Hornets and the Miami Heats two thousand eighteen second oh, okay. rounders. Those for ones now give that me would be, be Yeah. Yeah. For okay. now it's the Charlotte okay, pick. So yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean um, whatever, right? It's a, you know Middle to high second rounder, I guess, is the, you know probably going to be around 10-ish or so. All right, Pete, I'm going to give you – oh, you want to say something about Peyton I, of Phoenix?
0: I was just going to chime in really quick. I think at, at at the very least, they get a healthy guy in there that has starting experience. I just think that Tyler Euless was overwhelmed. They played, what, Josh Gray out of the G League yeah. what, 31 minutes because they've been ravaged by injuries in the backcourt. Um, they waved Isaiah Cannon. Unfortunately, he had that horrific injury. Um, so I think this gives Peyton a chance to maybe get a, a new outlook. You know, maybe I'm still not high on Alfred Peyton, but maybe a new outlook and sticks with Phoenix moving forward.
2: Yeah, we all know how I feel about point guards that can't yeah. shoot. So we don't need to you know go down that path again. All right, Pete, we're going to give you, you are the only Sixers fan on the podcast. Mm-hmm. You have one minute. How angry are you that they didn't make a move?
0: Um, I mean, I'm not angry that they didn't move, make a move. I would have liked either, either you know, Bellinelli or Tyreek Evans. But, you know, at the end of the day, I will be happy if they can get Markel Fultz back healthy and he can actually hit a jump shot. Because um, what I've seen in some of the videos, it looks optimistic that he might be able to, to shoot a little bit better than, you know, two months ago when it was just god awful, you know not being able to do anything with that shoulder injury so yeah this
2: last round of videos that came out he looks a lot better like it looks smooth again there's not that hitch and that whatever that bring it up and shoot it underneath his chin Mm -hmm. like a little kid does i I just
0: wonder if they're going to actually like come out with an announcement and say hey he's out for the season we just ruled him out yeah i don't know I, I, i don't know
2: i yeah i think it's i think a lot will depend on what happens in the next month if they're mm-hmm. still in the mix for the playoffs, then maybe maybe they don't bring them back. If they're out of it, maybe mm-hmm. then they do. If they start to fall out of the race, all right, Con, I think he gave us a very trust the process answer. Yeah, you? I don't I don't have <laughs> much <laughs> to <laughs> add on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all right, Portland, I'll cover this one. Portland just did a salary dump. They they dropped uh, Noah Vonley onto the Chicago Bulls, and this was all designed around getting out of the luxury tax. So good on Portland because their cap sheet looked like there was no way they were going to be able to ever get out of the luxury tax. And over the span of a couple years, they managed to pull that off. So, you know, giving up on Vonley's tough, but – they already have a bunch of other bigs that they paid money to that they don't play so or drafted, and Vonley just – there was going to be no time. He wasn't going to get on the court for them, so we'll see what he can do in Chicago. All right, let's move on. Sacramento Kings, the Kings, were part of that big Cleveland trade where they traded George Hill, and then they took in Joe Johnson and Amon Schumpert, and then they waived George's Papianas, um, which was maybe a little bit of a surprise. They also did another minor move where they traded uh, – um, uh, Malachi Richardson for Bruno Caboclo I think a lot of people thought they were going to get Caboclo then wave him and now it's how they're going to complete the Cleveland trade but they didn't, they kept Caboclo so so that's kind of you know a different different look there so um, what do, you, what do you think about that for I mean, we don't need to spend a lot of time on it because Joe Johnson's not part of the future there and I think they'd prefer if Amon Chumper wasn't, so really it was good work to get out of the money owed to George Hill anything else beyond that?
0: No,
3: you hit it. Young guys all the way.
2: Okay. Con anything?
3: I mean, not really. I just was surprised that like cuz they didn't really get anything back. They just didn't want to pay George Hill 19 million next year cuz I think they're still going to have to pay Iman Shumpert. So maybe they created 8 million of room, I guess, for next year. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess George Hill wasn't yeah. really playing for them or and they didn't really need him to anyway. So
2: yeah, or yeah. want him, too, or pay them all that money or whatever. So, All right, the Toronto Raptors. I just mentioned this minor deal that they did. Richardson, and eh, they get a couple extra years of a young guy under team control this is the way I look at that. Kaboko is set to be a restrictive free agent this summer. They were rumored to be in on DeAndre Jordan. I think they've still got an open roster. I know they still have an open roster spot, so they're going to be, you know, maybe looking at someone on the buyout market. But they're right there as a luxury tax team, so that becomes, you know, Potentially a challenge, but it would not surprise me if they pick somebody else up, but they don't really need much starting five is rock solid. Their bench is all young guys and all playing well. I don't think they want to mess around with it very much. Any thoughts on Toronto not doing anything today?
3: Man, I, I mean, I think that I like Malachi. <laughs> I, I'm, I think he can be a, a, a solid player in the future. And they are good at developing talent. I mean, who would have thought? like De- Delon Wright, Fred Van Vliet, um, Bebe. Like they, They're good at developing young talent. And I think they were ready to get rid of uh, Bruno. And let's see what Malachi can do.
2: Con in the Richardson family, like Malachi. <laughs> All right, let's go to the Utah Jazz. The Jazz traded Rodney Hood and Joe Johnson in that that big Cleveland-Sacramento three-way trade. And then they brought in Derrick Rose, who so they're going to wave. They, they don't need him. They've got plenty of point guards. And then they also brought in Jay Crowder. I actually said this on Twitter. I think Crowder's going to help them a lot. I think, and I think you're going to see him get back to being the good player he was in Boston because he's going to be in a very structured offensive, and de- offensive and defensive system. So I think you're going to see Crowder really step up. He's going to replace what Johnson was. Johnson at this point's a three-four. That's exactly what Crowder is, and I think he's going to give them those minutes there. A lot of people are like, "Oh, they're really going to miss Hood. They've missed him all year. He's been he's barely been healthy this season." So it was a case with Hood too. Is you already locked into Joe Ingles and Donovan Mitchell's got that starting 2 guard spot on Locke, So you're not going to commit big money to Hood. So I love them picking up Crowder. I've always got a little bit of a soft spot for him because of what he did with the Celtics and, you know, he played so hard for them. So, you know, quick thoughts on Crowder because we don't need to talk about Rose Crowder to the Jazz Pete.
0: I like Crowder there because Cephalosha is out for the season. Um, so obviously you know, Crowder steps in there for Joe Johnson and Cephalosius, So being a wing defender, um, and then, you know, like you said, structured on offense is is what Crowder needs, kind of knowing what his role is. And then I like Royce O'Neill. I know a lot of people have said, Oh, Alec Burks gets a spot, you know, in the rotation. I actually like Royce O'Neill's upside a little bit mm-hmm. more. Um, you know, want to see him get consistent minutes in the rotation over Alec Burks personally, but that's just maybe just me. But
3: um yep. you know, good move all around. No,
2: I'm with you yep con anything on
3: the utah pickup um i i thought what you said with the hood being out is fine Uh, it makes makes it a bit more uh, sensible i guess um i just thought that maybe hood could have brought in more but then again crowder like prime celtics crowder is exactly what the jazz can need the nice system role player three and d um so it's it's good and he's on a great contract too if he if they can get him back up to that level so not paying hood is probably what they were going for
2: yeah i um, you know what i will uh say is i think the jazz did a very jazz move where they they're not going to commit big money to someone they're not totally sold on they can get a good cost-control guy. That's what they're going to do. All right, we'll close it out with the Washington Wizards. All they really did was a salary dump where they got rid of Sheldon Mack. They now have two open roster spots, so I would watch them on the buyout. They moved Mac so that if they sign a veteran on the buyout market to a minimum deal, their, their luxury tax hit isn't as big, and they're in a much more comfortable spot. So good work by Washington. All right, folks, that's going to close us out here on the NBA Front Off Show. That was a quick wrap-up of trade deadline day to give you an idea what we're going to do going forward we will touch on buyouts and all that because that's that's where we're headed to next over the real next uh two months really a month and a half ish till the end of march before uh Guys are no longer eligible to be on playoff rosters. So we will get into all of that as it comes. And then what we're going to start doing is as teams are really knocked out of the playoff race. We're going to start with their offseason previews and start talking through what they need to be doing. So we will make sure we touch on each team. When we do that, we will dive deep into what we think you know these teams need to do with that and we may get some special guests on for some of the team experts that we're friendly with around the nba to come on and join join us on the show so thank you so much for those of you who joined us in the live stream you know we're we're happy to have you there this was you know great something something we don't do often but it was you know cool to cool to have you all in there and we are really happy to um you know, to have you guys there and then we will be back at you next week uh with things a little more calmed down and go with that but if, for now thanks for listening to the nba front office show i'm your host keith smith my co-host is pete toll our producer El. you can find us all on twitter you know where to find us and we will talk to you next time
1: No, an
4: ad from dad save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with progressive yeah tell you another way to save money don't buy those uh, expensive coffees every morning you know
1: and then you can save up
4: for a uh, i don't know a really nice dress shirt i'm just saying it's great that you feel comfortable here at work but you know
1: an adult could walk in progressive can't save you from becoming your parents but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto progressive casualty insurance company affiliates and other insurers discounts not available in all states or situations all right, let's pull up over here and drop a line.
2: Are your feet wet? My feet are f-ing wet. Here's the f-ing drain plug. You put the plug in the f-ing drain, right? Uh, it's on the f-ing dock.
1: There's a reason they say curse like a sailor. Ah, f-ing. Many reasons. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Quote today at progressive.com Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates.